0: I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them
1: are stupider than that. Never give up on the Steelers. Uh,
2: I don't know. That's all, I guess. That's all we have. <laughs>
0: We're not urinating on the fire, man. That's that's there what I was you looking go. for. There it's not you time
2: go. to urinate on the fire. Ooh. In fact. We want unleash hell here to be oh, cool. It's still, oh, it oh. still oh. unleashing hell oh. season. This is the place where your feelings don't matter. <laughs> Check your feelings and opinions at the door. Check your knowledge air quotes if you're not watching on YouTube (laughs) at the door because this is where reality comes to come to call comes just come to call come calling becomes real becomes this is where reality comes to become real (laughs) it's what Shin's talking about the conversation about the Steelers social media conversation exposing all your hot and toxic takes and I'm,
1: I, I had to check out because God. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was worried about you this week. I really was. Are there any fans? I forgot. We're not
2: fans. We're the fancies. Are the king <laughs> of the fancy. Where are my subjects? Where have they gone?
1: They just oh. seem to have migrated your leech. Like
2: on a, uh. On a on a whim, it's, I mean, I know it's not, a, not two losses it in a was, row isn't a whim. It, it was but. it was
1: a bit more than a whim. It was it was it was yeah. It was it was more yeah. It was whim plus. Whim plus. Whim less actually. Anyway, yes. Still uh, yeah. wi- still whimish. Whimish, yeah. I'm Kyle Kreis.
2: <laughs> I'm here with Greg Benevent. Hello. On the ones and twos. Oh yeah, happy go lucky, <laughs> laugh it up. Model meatball. Rob Banks. Hey, hey oh. Lots to be uh <laughs> lots to be laughing it up over there. Good old Joe Flacco. Who'd have thought? I'm glad that uh that we actually we can actually we don't have to focus so much on the toxic takes today because in the second half of the show <laughs> I've been looking forward to this for weeks. We mm-hmm. finally got John Harris, who wrote the book on Tomlin. Did I bring it? Do I have it here? I don't, but um, <laughs> I, I've, I already I already bought my copy. I paid, uh, man, these hard books aren't cheap. Yeah, are yeah. No, no, no,
1: no, no. Particularly something, I don't know if it's just the Steelers or football or what, but the hardcover football book is quite an expense. Um, John Harris, former Trib reporter,
2: mm-hmm. wrote the book on Tomlin, Tomlin, the soul of a football coach. Uh, I love it. It's the Christmas gift of the year for Steeler fans. Um, I, we're going to talk to him coming up. I'm going to, I got to find out who was the mysterious fifth interview candidate, right. For, mm. for, after Cower left. Cause we know, okay. right. We know Wisenhunt, Grimm, mm-hmm. Toddlin, of course, mm-hmm. um, Chan Gailey, Chan Gailey was the Cower pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are two others, which okay. which I'll tease. We know I know who one is. The one is a mystery.
1: Okay, but the one still is, yeah.
2: In it's still shadow. in the league somewhere. Okay, somewhere but out. It's there. a mystery. We'll uh, ask him about that. I want to ask mm-hmm. him about the BA firing Bruce okay. Arians because I, because, I, uh, yeah, I, I think we still don't know the full story on that one. And and maybe for the Model Meatballs here, the Cleveland Brown who helped bring Tomlin to Pittsburgh. Yes, okay. hey, oh, mm-hmm. you know Browns. Passed on Roethlisberger. That wasn't their first mistake. It was passing on Tomlin, bit. the Cleveland Brown who well, brought him to Pittsburgh. We'll find that out when I talk to bit. John Harris okay. in the second half, and maybe our, our Steelers
1: Christmas gift guys. Oh, okay. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. We'll see good, how good. time is. Yes, yes, we will. Yeah, we are not. We've doing already, this for we're, we're, several hours. Yeah, we've already four minutes in just <laughs> blovicating about how good the second half is. Right, and there's plenty of blovicating to come.
2: So why don't we get to the takes? Starting with, oh, because, you know, <laughs> right? It's like now is the, the Tomlin haters have come out. It's like, um, you know, it's like when you got the gremlin wet, all of a sudden they've multiplied. Oh, yes. and-
1: oh this is their Christmas has come very early. Oh, gosh. Tomlin hater Santa
2: <laughs> at Blitzburg, Blitzburg. Is the Steelers' Mike Tomlin era nearing its end? I feel like this has been the conversation all week.
1: Is it time to move on? Because now it's like, oh, well, they're moving on from Belichick. Let's move on from Tomlin. Which we're still not 100. That's one reporter for NBC Sports Boston that says they're moving on from Belichick. Like, I'm going to need a little more than that, too. And we're not even... We're still in play. We're still... In, it's still a team with a winning record. With, yes. a, with a, in the playoff contention,
2: season yes. ends. We're still in the playoffs. Still number the
1: sixth seed. Oh yes. uh
2: you know, not the, I mean, the worst hell raising season of Certainly. Tomlin's career so far. So
1: far, there's still four games left. At uh, well, I mean, it's it's that. I mean, that's yeah. These the, I think. I personally think and I don't know when I was going to get a chance to say this, but I think part of, you know, saying, uh, okay, it's time to get let go of Tomlin. Everyone firing up for this. I think this is a way of like you can you the fan, these people emotionally disengaging from the team losing. I think that's sort of how it makes it easier for them. It's like, okay, the team lost. I don't have to worry about this anymore. So just blow up everything and then that'll make it better with four games left with this
2: is when this is when it's time to to rise up as a fan to gather around our you know circle the wagons um this is when the rubber meets the road. This is when uh, the 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 path narrows. Well, you know? I mean, I,
1: I can't be too mad at people for getting upset after losing the two games they did in one week to the teams they did and where they lost them at home. But by that same token, it's it's been uh, a week now. Like it's it, you can uh, you should be able to bounce back enough at this point to where you know you're able to watch the game again without uh, uh, again emotionally disengaging.
2: But it's interesting, you know. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. To Mm-hmm. at bt steel curtain behind the steel curtain the tom the Steelers should move on from mike tomlin true 75 percent, false 25 mm-hmm. percent. like not even close you know <laughs> but i don't see anyone i don't see the poll like um mitch trubisky well you know why aren't we putting this game on mitch trubisky or these last two games on mitch trubisky like we are tomlin
1: well i think it you know, I'm sure if they wanted, and and maybe they could have used this for engagement. You can also put up a poll about this. Mitch Trubisky suck, and I imagine you get some pretty fair engagement is there as well. Uh, I'm surprised the false number is as uh, high as it is. Uh, really keeping Tomlin, I would have thought it would be you know much lower, knowing uh, uh, this publication and these people. It, um, I mean, at least, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, the new way that people have moved on to firing Tomlin is now uh, trading Tomlin to the Commanders <laughs> and getting uh, good draft picks for it because if there's one thing Tomlin's going to want to start with in a new franchise it's fewer resources
2: yeah let's trade away two firsts well, right. just as I
1: come here so yes. I'm
2: uh, so now I'm like you know the Browns of the past or
1: something or, uh... I, mean, well, I mean you're looking at the Jags and, I mean it's you know it. Uh, which again is I mean I know I not, I can't address every single hater in this section but I mean that's what that's what I, I I thought was fascinating about the flag we were talking about Flacco and the Browns the Jaguars you got this number one overall pick that you sucked for three years to get so you could go to Cleveland and lose to Flacco like it I, I the idea of tanking anyway I can't keep yelling about all this but yes it's uh, this is you know you you can hate mike tomlin and that's how you can emotionally deal with these two losses i get it but i can't condone it
0: i've trained myself to hate it
1: yes
2: uh thank you coach mm-hmm. at steel c network steel curtain network uh steelers are in a bad place right now something has to give within the organization something's got to give what's going to give everything's given we've already given a coordinator we've mm-hmm. lost a quarterback mm-hmm. we've uh We've lost Cam for half the season. We mm-hmm. lost uh, DJ for a quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else hasn't get? What else is left to give? That's I what know. I would we've, ask.
1: We've given all the inside linebackers. It, um, yes, yes. I mean, I, the one thing I will agree is the team's in a bad place right now after those two losses. Certainly, but uh, it, it's. Yeah, it, it just after one week with the season still left to go, I, it, there's there's nothing left to give for at least a month. I don't know what, you know, The I mean, it's it's also, this is, it's ironic. This is kind of the same argument as like when the team gets a bye and it's like, okay, rest everybody. Well, you can't do that. It's the same thing. It's not like you could play all these young kids and not start everyone else to like, we're going to rebuild with a month to go. No, you're not. Like. Not, in, not when you're in playoff contention still. <laughs> right. It's like something's got to give.
2: Well, I don't know. You, you know, we win against the Colts, and all of a sudden um, we start talking about playoff scenarios. Right, you know?
1: exactly. I mean, they have to win against the Colts. We said they had to win against the Patriots too. But they definitely have to win against the Colts, yes. Um. How about at Pittsburgh Sport, Steeler Takeaways? This guy
2: is my secret, uh, uh, secret low-key hater of the year, I think. I don't know. <laughs> pittsburgh sports maybe the steelers needed this this team has been treading water for years change won't come until ownership accepts it's truly broken nine and eight seasons gave them false hope but this is hopeless you can't turn a blind eye to how bad this has gotten now this could still be better than 9 and 8. We right. still want pace to be better than 9 and 8. This well, is no I mean, different than I see <laughs> us no different at seven uh what what was the best uh what Super Bowl 40 year? Oh, the Super seven Bowl 40 and, year. It that was, was 7 and 5,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 11 and 5 at uh, or something like that. They were the 6 seed, but it um but yeah, I mean, again, this is what I was talking about about the when you start talking like this about this is when you do that emotional disengaging thing. Like this is it keeps saying the team maybe the team should tank for picks. You the fan can tank. You don't have to watch this team for the next month if it's going to cause you to say weird stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. The fans,
2: the fans are losing to two and eleven teams out there. Is what's happening. You're putting up a two and eleven fan performance. This is the time to rally. We need to rally around Mitch. If anyone needs uh, our support right now, we need to like a like a like the Eaton Park uh, Christmas tree needs to lean over and pick oh, up that yes. star. It,
1: uh, yes, it, uh, and hopefully in the first half as well, as opposed to waiting for the second. Uh, you know, not like,
2: um, should, uh, is there more? Just all this, you know, all this give up Is that a mm-hmm. word? give up Well, but it's what's happening. I don't care if it's a word. At K-Dub 159 Machete, once the Steelers <laughs> change their offensive scheme... Once the Steelers change their offensive scheme to catch up with the rest of the league, upgrade the O-line, and get creative slash aggressive with the play calling, I just know the team will be fun to watch again. The blueprints are there. Tomlin and the Roonies just need to make the changes. If you're not having fun, you know, I got in a fight with someone on Twitter this week because they were like because I was like, if you didn't have fun during the duck years, then you're
1: the problem. Like, you know, it's uh, That not- was such a fun year. I mean, and in large part, that's because there were no expectations for this team, whereas these people are struggling to deal with these, whatever expectations they had, another problem of online. You know,
2: now is the time to have fun with it. we got four games, we've got to win three and one, or two and two, at least. Mm, at least, least. At least.
1: <laughs> well, the next two. I mean, you can, yeah. Lose. yeah, I mean, after that, it gets a little hanky, but yeah, they have to win the next two, but it's, I will say this is one of the most positive takes you have on here because that's the one that said Tomlin and the Rooneys make the changes, as opposed to getting everyone out of there and having I don't know whoever. What was my favorite? The deep The Detroit offensive coordinator is the coach they all seem to want this week, and it's like, yes, that's who's going to turn this franchise. Oh, around. he
2: was he was good on uh, hard knocks. He was good yeah. on hard knocks. Yeah. So,
1: okay, you can bring Larry Foot and Deuce <laughs> Staley with him.
2: Um, oh, gosh, <laughs> right, like, I know because we got to get to the interview in the second half. But mm-hmm. uh, how about at? Ryan Mess, 90. Ryan M. I enjoy having a team that has not finished below 500 in almost 20 years. Rational take of the week. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. But he loses it in the second half. It's nice not to be a loser. However, (laughs) being a perpetual 500 team isn't good either. Uh, Ask every GM in professional sports. It's actually worse Losing teams have hope when they pick top 5. Oh my God. Having no hope is terrible. Oh my if God. you've run out of hope on this team right now, turn in your towel. Turn in <laughs> your turn towel. Just turn off the game. Just turn off the game. This is the time for hope. It's Christmas, it's hell raising season. <laughs> it's uh,
1: you know, it's there's this is the time for hope. Uh, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. If you if you have no hope, that's on you. I mean, uh, the Penguins seem to maybe turn the power play around. The Pirates signed that big guy. There's plenty of you to be hopeful for. Uh, picking in the top five—that's not really hopeful. That has a pretty not great track record of working out. Just from this past weekend, when we saw what was it? Uh, 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 our man in Jacksonville, Air Trevor and Tua both lose. <laughs> like it's it, it, there is that the top five is by no means this big. Uh, Uh, thing no 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 it's nice not being a loser no then enjoy it and perhaps uh try not to invite that with your own behavior couldn't say it better myself this uh
2: this one got under my skin (laughs) at Skippy, jeffrey benedict before dan rooney zero playoff wins dan rooney era 36 playoff wins post dan rooney era zero playoff wins not a coincidence Isn't this exactly a coincidence? Dan Rooney didn't snap the ball over Ben's head against the Browns. Dan Rooney didn't uh, fumble the ball, um, you know, well, I mean,
1: no, and, and Dan Rooney, for all his one, all the wonderful things he did, did not make a whole lot of tackles. Um, he mm-hmm. did. He was such an instrumental architect of the great teams of the seventies. Yes, it uh, obviously he had, you know, and still had some influence on the teams. Those wonderful pictures you see with Ben and Ike Taylor. However, that influence did uh, fade out uh, over time. Certainly, having him there in any capacity would be a benefit to the team. But uh, I find it very hard to believe that he uh, solely himself, exclusively, was the glue that uh, brought home playoff victories.
0: That is a reasonable expectation. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a nice little narrative to make
2: it something that's easy to digest and to try to explain why the Steelers lost two games in a row, but it's not reality, you know? Um, uh, you know, so I don't know. Uh, we got to keep, we got to keep moving. <laughs> There's not, You know, what else can you say? Indeed. There's nothing you can say about it. It's, it should be common sense, but Steeler nation, at least on social media, is neither common nor sensical.
1: I, I can see struggling for explanations after what happened in this past week. I do understand that. But uh, it's also been a week now. Like, I mean, you should, whatever part of the grieving process at this point, you should be a little further along with it, perhaps.
2: Why not Why not blame it on angels in the outfield? <laughs> or some, you know, like angels in the backfield. That's that's trademarked. That's a great there idea. There you go. There he, oh, yes. Uh, let's talk more <laughs> no, offense. I didn't do that. Uh, at... Reggie underscore B-Flow, Steeler Reg. We need to draft a QB. We need to trade for Fields or sign Cousins. We need to start Mason. <laughs> 2024 QB reality. Mm-hmm. Kenny picture of Kenny Pickett? Of course. You know, so it doesn't matter, right? There's, I mean, there's nothing that's going to happen th- this season that's going to... Uh, that's going to change. Next no, season. I mean,
1: they are going to bring in another quarterback. It'll be someone to back up pick it. It might even be like an excitingly high draft pick. But the idea is to be a long term backup. And even then, it might just be somebody to replace Mitch unless Mitch really turns it on here, because they frankly should get more out of Mitch being what the highest priced backup quarterback in the NFL than they have. But um, but yeah, uh, Kenny's going to start next year with a new offensive coordinator. That part of it, I feel quite confident in saying.
2: Wex Wex was saying use a second round pick on a QB to replace Mason, and you so know, your QB room is Kenny, Mitch, and you know
1: to be determined. Certainly, but it's but this was also the week when even sensible people lost their minds. Wex says Tomlin's on the hot seat too. Yeah, he yeah. said that directly after the game. Yeah, he hey. yeah he
2: didn't like uh he didn't like some of the coaching calls when I I don't again even I'll tell these insiders that um. You know, Mitch, it's, you know, I don't want to just say it was a Mitch game, but, it, you know, you can look at three plays at least in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I, you know, I hate to say, you know, it, it was all on Mitch when there was, then there's a whole team, but there's at least three plays in the fourth quarter where you wish the quarterback play was a little bit. Well,
1: I mean, I I, we can always go. I mean, we don't do analysis here of the game itself. But Merrill Hodge saying that the uh, what is it? The tight ends block like two turtles humping is a quote that we should (laughs) have uh, forever. uh, If we could make shirts, in fact, that might be something to look into.
2: Yeah, I believe Hodge now. Right after we after what he said about Johnny Football, after um, Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Devin Bush. So I take him at his word. Devin Bush
1: was impressive. That was that was really something. You
2: know, he's not throwing. Uh, coaches under the bus on on Ben's podcast or on 93.7, but he mm-hmm. is, you know, w- putting the, you know, tight ends are Muth and this, uh, oh, you Oh, know, Washington got
1: destroyed by that guy with at, at the Pats. I mean, they that's the one thing I've seen on a couple of clips is, too, it's just throwing him around. All
2: right, let's get to something more sensible, we'll finally, like some wisdom. <laughs> wisdom take at PGH Steelers Now, Steelers Now. Antonio Brown offers advice to the frustrated George Pickens. <laughs> You can't come to the game and just be emotional about the ball. You've got to control that frustration because you don't want the quarterback to get stressed out by you. Uh
1: a man from experience or is he is this uh, complete I- I- irony? Well, I mean, uh, you know, it it's everyone is capable of lucid moments. <laughs> Everyone can be sensible from time to time. At uh I mean everything Antonio Brown here says is correct. He's certainly uh, trust a trustworthy source on this particular topic. <laughs> but um but yeah, I I I do not need uh, uh A to hear this or B the uh, cuz as soon as this came out, then you had all the trolls uh, uh when's in the Pittsburgh media included saying like ah, now it's time to get AB in the Hall of Honor. No, it isn't. Not anytime not, soon. It, uh, not after he dissed Matt Canada with the well, Hitler stash. Well, I mean, j- and not even that. But like, just because it, you know, they mentioned, well, they let Harrison back in. It's like, yeah, because they could look at a Super Bowl winning play. It, uh, if this team wins another championship sometime in the future, then sure, you can have A B come back and go in the Hall of Honor. Be ah, oh, fun. Look at this. Then not just, you know, this was the last team. This time was time. This team was very good when this player genuinely quit on it.
2: True. Let's talk defense at Tommy Jaggy Tommy Jaggy smelling salts and a tinted visor don't make a concussion magically disappear the Steelers put TJ Watt's long-term health at risk by sending him back into a blowout game against a 2 and 10 football team absolutely shameful um ugh, you know i don't want to you know this i'm not putting this on uh, coaches, Because I'm sure TJ was doing all he could to get back out there. You know, we heard about how Paul Amali would do everything he could to mask, you know, getting his bell rung, getting yeah. taken, taken to the prom, as they said. Um. So, you know, I you, can you fault TJ wanting to get back in if he, you know, even if he believed he may have had symptoms? But I mean,
1: but the only person here to really fault is the doctors, right? They do a thorough examination and then or whatever an examination you can do on the sideline of a football game. And then they make the decision that the player can go back out there. It's not even up to Tom. If TJ hid uh, uh, symptoms or whatever, again, this is on the doctor to be able to tell that. It's not, you know, it's it's it, it, uh, TJ's a player trying to get back out there. I, 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 I don't see. See, this is absolutely shameful. I don't see this as some weird indictment of the Steelers. I know there's been uh, uh, lots of big talk ter- uh, tossed about of the union or others investigating it, but no, that's not going to turn up anything either because it's—it uh, seems like whatever protocol- protocols there are here, whether or not they're all that rigid or not, seem to have been followed. If you're serious about safety in football, then
2: you've got to turn off football. You can't really right. watch the game. There's no, <laughs> yeah, there is it's, no it's, safety.
1: You, you've, met, you've made whatever comprom- moral compromise there is, and the television is still on. Um, you know, okay, enough said. How about
2: one more thing on the defense? At Pittsburgh Sport, Steelers takeaways again. So tell me how good this defense is. Most overrated unit in the NFL. I still 100% believe that. Um, although in the second half, you know, you, it's like, you, it's got to be a 60
1: minute game. You know, you can't play half and half, but in the second half defense, shut them out. Well, not even that. I mean, it's, if you're going to say it's the most overrated unit in the NFL, you have to say it was overrated the time it was overrated. No one's saying it's the, you know, the most overrated defense, in the NFL, when something called Michael Walker is out there getting picked on, on every single play. It's not the most overrated defense in the game with Trenton Thompson. These are two guys that would be not just on the Steelers' practice squad, but on anybody's practice squad, because they were, particularly in the case of Walker. So um, if you want to say elements of the defense are overrated, the coaching of the defense is overrated. These are all arguments you can make, but the entire defense itself being overrated when there's literally a gaping hole between the front and the back of it, I think that's a tougher case to make. It seems
2: like, you know, you can almost pinpoint the moment when the defense... You know, it, it reach its tippy point, and it was, and it is the Michael Walker era, right? You know, it's. It, it, I mean, it reminds me of, you know, I like. I don't want to be like. It reminds me of like the Archibong era. It's like when this guy is in, then things have gone bad for the defense. Well, I mean,
1: I I, I even go back to the. Uh, I mean, there other play. No, that's not a bad point because you could do. We could do an entire episode on this Steelers players that when you saw ah, they're in the game. This is going awry. That's Antoine Blake. That's Kobe Hamilton. I mean, that are, those are guys that like. Wow, everyone else. The, the playoff game they lost to the Ravens. Where they signed that running back off like the the Texan squad that week? I don't even remember that guy's name. I mean, but there's guys when you see them, they're out there. Things have not gone anywhere near planned,
2: and that you can't argue with that, right, Coach? Um, I've trained myself. No, nope, that's not to it. Hate it. Uh, oh well. <laughs> well, that
1: counts too. I Let's mean, that's get. Uh,
2: we got. Hey, you know what? We've got this awesome interview coming up in the second half. Okay. Why don't we get to that? It's John Harris, former Trib reporter author of tomlin the soul of a football coach plus our christmas uh, steeler christmas shopping list i think well, we might go long we might have time okay all right we'll see you in the second half
1: remember the heartbreaks!
2: Welcome back. I've been talking about this new book on Mike Tomlin for a couple of weeks now, the ideal Christmas gift for Steeler fans this year. It's called Tomlin, the soul of a football coach. And joining me now is the author of the book, former Tribune Review reporter, John Harris. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. Glad to be here.
2: Now you say you once had preconceived ideas of who Mike Tomlin is but you now have a greater understanding of who he really is uh, because of this book. Was there a single light bulb moment that helped spark this new understanding for you?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I just kind of looked at him like most reporters did, you know, it's, you know, the reporters on one side, coaches on the other side, you say, never the twain shall be. And you kind of come up with generalities, you know, coaches talking cliches. So you think you kind of, see where he's coming from or where he's not coming from. And uh, I looked at it more initially from a selfish standpoint. I wanted him to talk more. I wanted him to reveal more, but he didn't. And he still doesn't. I mean, that's his thing. He keeps to himself. He's he's very private. Um, unfortunately, he didn't interview for the book. Um, and I think that's another Talmudism I think that's who he is. If he can't you know, control the narrative in that regard, and not maybe a hundred percent certain of everything that was going to be in the book. I think he was more comfortable, you know, his brother, you know, I'm very you know appreciative. His brother talked a lot. And I feel like a lot of people I interviewed told me that, you know, coach T gave me his blessing. So I figure, you know, with a lot of these biographies, people don't want it, you know, don't want the biography written or they don't want family or friends to talk to the writer. So the fact that he, did so many people talk to me and mentioned that? I just believe that he wanted or he encouraged it. He just didn't want to have his fingerprints on it, so to speak. Um, so that's a, that's something I learned about him. just the privacy, the um, total focus on football. That's what he is. His brother uh, Ed. I was talking to him, you know because so many people say, oh you know if he stopped coaching he could be a great TV guy, and his brother just kind of chuckled and he said. He said, my brother's a gym teacher. <laughs> he's he loves football. And I, I think sometimes, I think the book maybe helps not humanize them more, but just kind of look get, look at him beyond the football coach, maybe a little bit, what makes him tick. All the mentors he's had through the years, you know, the people that he leaned on for advice as a very young coach. Uh, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Should I stay? I mean, I know he had a dilemma. It was the one interesting thing in his bio. I kept seeing the Tennessee Martin. And I was like, Tennessee Martin? Where would that come from? Yeah, yeah. And I looked and didn't see anything. And then I finally tracked down uh, the coach at Arkansas State, who he was a Tennessee Martin. And when the Arkansas State, Randy Fisher, who Steelers fans, you remember, was a, a coach for a long time, the Steelers. They were on a recruiting trip in Memphis. And uh, Joe Hollis was the Arkansas State coach, and they walked to the, I think it was Memphis East High School, and this, they said this guy was sitting here in a Tennessee Martin Morma and it was Tomlin, mm-hmm. and he he had just taken the job, and, and they were there all day recruiting, and they just started talking, and kept talking, and all of a sudden Fitch there and the uh, Joe Hollis said, wait, you know, we got still got an opening, what about this guy? <laughs> and, and Tomlin was torn because he had just taken the job. He had gone with an assistant from the University of Memphis where he had done his graduate assistantship. And he was like, "Um, hey, this doesn't look good. Should I do this? And one of his mentors kind of said, you know, the one thing you want to do in this profession, it was the difference between going to a bigger program or bigger FCS, FBS. You know, the quicker you can get to that higher level, the better. And I think ultimately that kind of swayed him there. you kind of get to look at him as a guy who, you know, at a young age, just was kind of trying to find his way. And that had some self doubt, got a lot of encouragement from older coaches, people that hired him that saw something in him that maybe at that time he didn't see. And so I learned a lot about him that way, Uh, attention to detail, the impact he had on individual players, getting better as players, his ability to not only connect and communicate, but teach, focusing on fundamentals and little drills that make you better, that may not be exciting or exotic, but if you keep doing them long enough, it'll make you a better player. Rondé Barber, Hall of Famer at Tampa Bay, talked a lot about that, how Tomlin just pretty much gave the, the defensive back some drills that they scoffed at at first, but within a month's time, they said that we saw that it was making us better players. So I, I think the one thing I probably took from him is the the persona. He's a player's coach. People see that side of him. Maybe people don't see the other side, the chalkboard side, the strategist side that he yeah. he's about. But he, he's just not a guy to, you know, he doesn't have the thing in front of his mouth, the clipboard on the sideline. He was, you know, maybe to his detriment at times, not uh, – Tooting his own horn more, as far as some of the impact, some of the things he's done through the years as a coach, strategies and and what have you. I always thought that the uh, the Super Bowl win against Arizona, they talked about the week before uh, during practice, uh, players were making interceptions and they weren't um, they weren't really kind of following, or they weren't blocking, and he did some cut ups and he showed the guys, he hey, you know, this game could come down to. I'll play like this. So I, when we get a turnover, we get a fumble recovery, we get an interception, I want everybody, all you guys on defense, to block. Yeah. Block. And as everybody remembers, you watched that highlight to this day, the blocking in that play was amazing um, all the way down the field. Um, and, in fact, um, in the book, one of the Cardinals defensive backs talks about how they were just wiping us out <laughs> on the blocks. And – in fact, I had a book event this weekend. I was with Levi Brown, who played with the Steelers for a year, but he was on that Arizona team. And he was talking about how Larry Fitzgerald was uh had bumped into one of his teammates on the sideline. And maybe that had prevented him from tackling James Harrison. And so that play, the players talked about that with Brian McFadden talked about how, you know, the coaching staff all week. They harped on it, harped on it. And we did it, and then we saw the results of it. So Little things like that, strategic things that he's done through the years, I think, um, are things that maybe people don't notice about him.
2: All right. Now, when it comes to hiring Tomlin, you talked to one of the few people who had the mind of Dan Rooney at the time, Cyrus Mary, one of the creators of the Rooney Rule. Um, I'll tease that. You can pick that up in the book. But now when it comes to the Rooney Rule... Tomlin was not a Rooney Rule candidate. Uh, you know there was, but there was an unnamed candidate who is still in the league. Why is that a secret?
0: I don't know. I was talking to John Wooten, who who's quoted in there, and I I, I asked him. I said, "Who was it?" Uh, I, I prefer not to say. He's still in the league now. I, I've been racking my brain <laughs> trying trying to figure <laughs> out who that is. <laughs> Never find it out, but. That in itself was like a revelation to me because I'm like, you know, Ron Rivera interviewed and Ron Rivera um, Hispanic uh, candidate. So technically Dan Rooney had satisfied, the Steelers had satisfied the Rooney rule requirement. They'd interviewed a candidate of color. Then they apparently interviewed someone else. <laughs> so Mike Talman was they, was, they didn't have to interview Mike Talman. I mean, to be honest, perfectly honest with you, in the relationship between John Wooten and Dan Rooney, it went all the way back to when John John Wooden replaced Chuck Noll at guard with the Cleveland Browns. There's so many stories within stories here that are amazing. Um, and he had a long-standing relationship with the Steelers. He knew Chuck Noll. John Wooden knew Chuck Noll not as Chuck Noll that we know, but as just a guy he knew. <laughs> and so it was different. It was on a different relationship. And you know that relationship carried over with Dan Rooney. So. John Wooden felt comfortable enough to where he could ask, he said, I'm just asking you as a favor, Mr. Rooney, could you just talk to this young man? And he did, and then brought him to Pittsburgh uh, for the interview. So it's amazing how that all came about. Um, so when you get more of the narrative and kind of put it all in perspective, it it makes a little bit more sense as opposed to just, you know, just, this thing that, okay, they hired this kid because, you know, they wanted to satisfy the name of Rooney and they wanted to satisfy the Rooney rule And, I, um, I'm, hey, I'm not going to say that the Rooney rule didn't have something to do with it. It did. The Rooney rule did have something to do with Mike Thomas getting the job because if it wasn't for the John Rooney's of the world, if it wasn't for the Dan Rooney's of the world, he wouldn't have gotten that job.
2: John Wooten, a Cleveland Brown. How ironic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be with him this week. We have a book event in uh, Fort Worth and he's going to, I going to have him tell that story a little bit because I, I, I Truly believe that his influence um, in the league and with that particular situation was is a story that really I don't think has really been told that much, and it just puts the whole Mike Tomlin, you know, story and perspective, and just the uh, they talked about the pressure of that Super Bowl that the that the uh, Fitz Powell Alliance uh, felt um, because you had Mike Tomlin going up against Ken Wisenhunt and and, uh, Russ Grimm. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, you know, how the Steelers fans were looking at it. It was like, hey, you know, what if Steelers had lost? And Mike Tomlin had lost to the coach that Steelers had passed up. And he was like, wow. You know, he said, so we were feeling a lot of pressure. He said, I don't know how many people are looking at it like that. But he said, that's how we were looking at it. Um, I'm sure Mike Tomlin was feeling the pressure. Uh, and for the game to end the way it did, I mean, that, must, that was just unbelievable, you
2: know? Oh, yeah, best best ever. Now, when Tomlin is hired, Sports Illustrated gets the scoop before the locals. Now, Pursuta has that Russ Grimm will get the job. I mean, was that a highly placed source? Do you know who his source was?
0: I mean, out of respect to Mike, I, I mean, I know who it is. Um, he felt comfortable enough with it as I write in the book. And that was, I was kind of torn on that because I know a lot of people probably at my former paper and in Pittsburgh are going to kind of frown on it, but I, I felt like we needed to tell the whole story uh, to also describe what, it was a crazy time. That whole hiring process, it was unlike any other, that it was going back and forth, it was going over here, it was going over there, it was this rumor, that rumor. And I, I think, you know, my concern was it was just a source. And it was no one. No one was named. No quotes. And I just felt like a story of that magnitude that you kind of want to make sure you cover your backside. Yeah. And we didn't. And it. it you know. It. It. I remember. I mean. Still. I can still remember that feeling of the looks that you would get from people. Still. And and even Mike Tomlin. Who knows how he felt through the years. You know. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that you know wrote this story about me. Who are they? So it was, it was, and I thought it was also a lesson in journalism. The, uh, the rivalry between uh, the Post-Gazette and the uh, Trib, I don't think it's as strong now. And I have, I I live in Texas now, but I don't think it's nearly as strong now as it was when I was there because that was just cutthroat, tooth and nail, didn't want to get beat. And I think the Trib, because we were the smaller paper, as I tried to describe in the book, we felt that pressure that need to try to to write a story like that because if we write that story we break that story you know that elevates us that gives us some you know credibility and clout and I, and I tried to write it that way so people could understand okay why would they do that and I think if you if you read the whole the chapter I think it explains why we did it. I just think we and I think there was a way we could have done it and not been wrong so to speak but we went we went we went for the gusto and uh we didn't get it.
2: <laughs> well, it didn't uh, seem to affect Pursuit's relationship with the team because now he's with them.
0: Hey, I see. So um <laughs> it's it's. I'm glad. I mean, he's good, great journalist. You know, uh, Mike. We we covered many a game together. Took many a road trip together. um But here's the way I looked at it. His name was on it, but all our names were on it because we worked. You know what I'm saying? We worked at the trip too. Yeah. So it affected, it impacted all of us. Myself, Scott Brown, who was the um, the other beat writer at that time. So I took it personally because it affected me um, as a journalist. And um, just just an interesting time. But that whole thing, yeah. And um, for, um, Mike Silver, who broke the story for Sports Illustrated, he was great. I talked to him, really good journalist. And he talked about, even after he had written his story, that Mike Tom was going to get the job, and then we came out, and he was starting to he was starting to doubt it because this guy this guy's from Pittsburgh. What does he know that I don't? know? So up until the moment that the Steelers announced that Mike Tom, but nobody really knew. It was just this great mystery um, that, and I hope I maybe uncovered some of it in the book, um, and, and that people at least give people a different perspective. I think there had been one narrative pretty much about how everything happened. I think my book maybe gets into that a little bit differently and shows another to it.
2: Yeah, it definitely fleshes that out. So many details behind the scenes that fans don't know about yet. Now the biggest mystery for me into Tomlin's career is Bruce Arian's retirement. Because in Bruce Bruce's book, he says Tomlin promised to get him a contract. And after meeting with Rooney, the first phone phone call is just, uh, sorry, Bruce, I couldn't get you the contract.
0: Yeah, it's funny because um, Randy Fitchler, um, who was also a coordinator, and I talked to Rip Shearer Jr., who actually, ironically is Kevin Colbert's cousin. Oh. And Rip, Rip Shearer Jr. was the coach at Memphis who hired Mike Tomlin. And, and really, if you want to look at it, was maybe one of the main guys to get him on the track, because Tomlin was telling everybody he was going to go to law school. He had he had been at BMI, and you know he was you know, the season didn't go that great, and he wasn't really sure, he wasn't really getting a lot of offers. And Rip Shearer, Junior, was the head coach at Memphis, and they sat down and talked, and he just told him, you know, to, to, to stick it out. But Rip Shearer also helped Randy Fitcher get a uh, coordinator's job a few years later at Memphis. And Rip said that when Randy, when the Steelers let Randy go, he said according to rip randy was very surprised and he was like he said they had a short meeting with mike and um he said mike said i I gotta do this and that was it
2: yeah
0: which kind of maybe dovetails into what you're saying with maybe you know and and as i've always wondered i know mike always says that he always falls on the grenade and says it was mine but sometimes you know you have to wonder Um, no it may have been some other influences as well. We don't know that for sure. But, I mean, why would you t- – I mean, he seems to be a straightforward guy. Why would you tell somebody that if you knew that you weren't going to do that? To me, I used to just say, hey, we're not going to be able to bring you back. You yeah. know what I mean? Because seems to be how he is. So, I don't – maybe he thought he was going to get it. Maybe he had a meeting, and then he was told no. Um, I guess we'll never know, right? Until Until he comes out – until Mike comes out with his – yeah, definitive, definitive book, right? Then yeah, we maybe we'll
2: know. Now, Tomlin gets a number of critiques that his contemporaries don't get. Uh, you know, he won with Cowers players, which you don't hear with Barry Switzer uh, saying that he won with Jimmy Johnson's players, or the coaching tree, which seems to be a stickler for critics. Are these valid critiques, or are people just finding other reasons to find fault?
0: Um. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I guess if he was losing, you could rip him for that, right? Yeah. He didn't lose. So, well, he didn't he didn't win with his own players. And I think Joey Porter had an interesting quote in there. He said that he said, We had some skilled teams that I thought we were gonna do it all with it all. And we didn't. He said, So I don't get this. He won was whatever. And the same team was eight and eight two years before winning the Super Bowl. And you can attribute it to a lot of different factors, but Obviously Tomlin did some tweaking, did some things that got that team back. Not only did they get to the one Super Bowl, they went to another one. They yeah. lost it. But two years after that, they went to Super Bowl. So I think I I think he was the coach of those teams. And just as he's now being, you know, these these are his players now, right? These are the players that Bill Cower's nowhere around anymore. So the players that we see on this 2023 team are his players, right? So just as he's being critiqued and criticized for that. I, to, you know, to follow your point, I think he should have been, hey, he did a good job. He came in, He was 34 years old. He came into the story franchise with all these veterans and he was able to turn them into a Super Bowl team. Um, more power to him. Um, why it's been like that? I don't know. I think, I know Skiller fans are spoiled. I used to write that when I was at the Trib. I mean, I don't think the Skilder have had a losing season since 2002. Right. Which is incredible. So your, span, your fan base is just spoiled beyond belief i mean no one does that i I think the next team is like maybe 2012 i mean it's like it's 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 incredible golf between that and the next team as far as losing season so it's unrealistic right what the Steelers have done is unrealistic almost because it just doesn't happen you don't go 20 what 21 22 seasons and not have a losing season just once it just doesn't even make any sense
2: yeah yeah yeah, not since Ben came into the league. Yeah. Um, so that's Tomlin's biggest critique right now. Six seasons without a playoff win. Uh, now, a much different standard than Chuck Knoll, who had five straight seasons without a playoff appearance, or even Cower, who had six and ten seasons. Uh, you know, Tomlin seems to be perceived differently. Is this just because this younger generation is spoiled with winning are fans prejudiced? Why is Tomlin uh, perceived differently?
0: Well, I mean, I think he's been perceived differently from the beginning. I mean, if you want to if you want to put it on race, I mean you can. Um I mean, when you see him, it's obvious that he's black, so everybody knows that. I, I think some people I think a lot of it, at least initially, was I think a lot of the media wanted Russ Graham. Mm-hmm. They knew Russ Grimm. You know, they saw, okay, hey, Russ comes in. Hey, we you know we already got him. He's the guy we can talk to. He'll help us out. They knew him. They didn't know Mike He he, Nobody nobody knew Mike Tomlin, right? Other than Dan Rooney, apparently. And (laughs) now then he comes in and and he's just, he's not telling you anything, right? He's not giving you anything. He doesn't give anybody anything. He's not giving us anything. He's not giving the tribute anything. He's not giving the PG anything. So we're all being treated equally bad. Right? So we lost that. So the media lost that. They lost that guy that, you know, they could have probably probably even had a drink, had drank a beer with, in Russ Grimm. So I think that factored into it. I mean, I think not just Mike Tomlin, I think, you know, as far as black coaches, I think there's always been a talk about, you know, black coach will get an opportunity, and, and if it doesn't work, that's it. I mean, which makes Mike Tomlin's situation just almost unbelievable, that he's been on the job 17 years. He's they have not all been 17 great years. He's had some eight and eights. He's missed playoffs. I and, and, and kind of doing the recap and looking through some of the seasons, it, the thing that struck out to me was that I thought they, just looking at what they had, they should have probably won a couple more Super Bowls. I, I look at the, even the year they lost to Denver when Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Yeah. They had a, that team, you think about it, that it was a very close game. They lost uh, one of the backup running backs because I, I guess Le'Veon Bell was hurt. Yep, yep. And up to the backup actually played because I think D'Angelo Williams was there too, and they almost won that game at Denver, and Denver went on to win the Super Bowl. So you think about that—that that team that wasn't at full strength. And I think I think uh, Brown had gotten had Brown got I don't know if Brown had gotten hurt or not, but they were not at full strength and almost won it. And maybe if they had gone to the Super Bowl, they would have won that one. Le'Veon Bell was injured at least two of the playoff games. Yeah. So they were, that was Ben, um, you know, uh, uh, AB and Bell. They were never just together at full strength to see, so we could really see what they would have done. Maybe they would have done it. Maybe not. So I think that, that, that he could have easily, uh, he took the team to two. He could have probably easily at least gone to four. I just looking at the roster and I think the amazing thing now we look at that roster just is no way near what it was. I mean, I was just looking at some of the players. Uh, I hate to call people up, but number 38, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a linebacker that slow or safety. I mean, I watched him several weeks. <laughs> and and I, even last week, he got the interception. And I said, he needs to go score. Yeah, but I said, they're not going to score if he doesn't. <laughs> he got tackled. But he looked like he was so slow. I was like, dude, you need to get in the end zone. And I think of the players that he had—the James Farriers, you know, the the Larry Foot, the you know Lawrence Timmons, uh, Lamar Woodley—the talent that those teams had. This team just does not even, you know, and, and most of their best players on defense, like those guys are hurt yeah. right now. So the talent level is just down. Um, quarterback situation is a mess. Uh, the fact that they're still seven and six and with a a chance, possibly outside chance to go to the playoffs. Uh I think what Steelers fans don't look at is that look at uh look at uh Sandy uh Chargers. Look at the Chargers right now. Um they have a franchise quarterback who's hurt right now. They're like five and seven or whatever. The Steelers could be two and eleven. Yeah. <laughs> then you'd be dealing with NFL reality. So would you rather have two and eleven? Or would you rather have seven and six? I guess maybe that would be an argument. And I think Steelers Affair, they say, Oh, we, we just haven't no, you haven't. It, it happens. Uh, Bill Belichick's struggling. Uh great coaches struggle and Tomlin's struggling. And we'll see what happens. I don't I don't know. I I I I'm assuming he will be back, but I don't know. It's a the NFL's we'll see how these final four games go.
2: See, I think this is one of Tomlin's biggest strengths. Um You know, any coach could win with Roethlisberger or Antonio Brown, James Ferrier, Troy Polamalu. But Tomlin has put competitive teams together with Duck Hodges, Dennis Dixon, uh, now Michael Walker.
0: I I don't mean to bash the young man, but it's just so blare, so glaring, I mean, watching him play. I mean, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Duck Hodges. That's what I was thinking about. I remember the year that, that year, I wrote about it in the book. Um, he played Michael Vick a couple games, <laughs> and Michael actually won a game. I mean, he was pretty much washed up at that point, right? And Michael Vick won a big game against the Chargers, I think.
2: Oh yeah, what and, a great game! Yeah,
0: yeah. He but then go back to Doug Hodges. He just he would just pick and choose and piecemeal teams together, and it and, and he never. Uh, in fact, this year is the first year I've really actually heard him talk about the injuries. Because when I covered the team, it was always next man up. Yeah, we didn't talk about the injuries. But this year, I've heard actually heard him talking about injuries, which you know it's the first time I've really heard that, which kind of telling me something. He said, I'm trying, but I got <laughs> this guy behind this guy behind this guy, and that's all I got. <laughs> you
2: know. Well, the book is great, uh, Tomlin, the soul of a football coach, John Harris. Thank you so much for taking the time today and for coming on have a happy holidays.
0: I appreciate you having me, uh, Kyle. I really enjoyed it, man. Keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing some great stuff here. Now, now that I've located you, I'm going to be checking you out. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for, uh, for thinking of me and, uh, having me on your program. Congrats with the book.
2: Congrats with promotion. I know it's a busy time right now.
0: Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. And, uh, happy holidays to you and the family.
1: That's a know? shame. Yeah, that's Poor one of many sticks. shames that's about that game.
2: I know we we owe it. we owe it. We got to make it up to them. Well, somehow. they
1: they were there for the 2011 uh, Winter Classic, and the Pens lost that too. And that's where they oh, got the concussion. Sticks.
2: How many times are we going to let them down? <laughs> <laughs> All right, get that book. We'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Get that book, Tomlin: The Soul of a Football Coach. Uh, big thanks to John Harris. I mm-hmm. really uh, uh, that's I really appreciated talking to him. Good. Let's get to. The Steelers Christmas shopping. If you're waiting till now to do your Christmas shopping, it's
1: too late. (laughs) No, I think if you go through Amazon, you can get better shipping than you can maybe through the Steelers site. But uh, but I don't know. If you're in Pittsburgh, you're probably still good for uh, shipping from the Steelers site. Well, I found one, two, three, four, five. I don't know, but I found
2: five uh, things that I you know if you for the Steeler fan in your life, uh, these are the hot gifts of the season. (laughs) Starting with we've got. The Funko Rushmore sets. Okay. So this is, uh, this is, these are taller than the Funko Pops, which is okay. like you know what are they like four or five inches? Or uh, something.
1: I, that, even that sounds a little big.
2: Yeah. These are like twelve inches, and as you see, we've got Bradshaw,
1: Mean Joe Green, Franco, and Jack Lambert. These look pretty cool. Uh, I mean, they, they. I mean, I don't have my glasses on, but this is like the most idealized vision of how each of them look. The pads, the pad to leg ratio is something down there by the, uh, but I think, but no, but these are nice. How big are these? You, you would these say these are 12 inches. Oh, these are
2: each a foot tall. Wow but, but uh, you have to buy the complete set oh, as, a, as a
1: as a thing and there it's $200 for the whole set wow so, okay uh, that's 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 a one time purchase kind of thing maybe like that we get that maybe we're not getting so much steeler stuff this year at dumb but that is for you, for <laughs> you, wow. you rich for you rich fans out there yes.
2: um also the tomlin book you know we uh, we've been talking about it all episode but okay. uh you know it's it's uh, it's a must-read, especially for all the reasons you've already Is that heard.
1: pay cord? It looks like Cincinnati is walking off of. I don't have my um, glasses on, but it's it's not Akershore. I know that. And, um, yes, it. yes, it is. It's Cincinnati. You can okay. see the Escalozer in the back. <laughs> and, um,
2: now for you uh, Christmas tree fanatics, hey, the new my Hallmark. Has yeah? my mom has this. My yeah. mom has She has the Najee? New yes, Hall- she has the Najee. So mm-hmm. this is like the 12th or 13th Hallmark mm-hmm. ornament. Yes. Um, first for Najee, though. So it, mm-hmm. that's a cute one.
1: Yeah, no. She buys one each year, and she has a little Steeler tree, a Pittsburgh sports tree, and we still have the A B one, and that goes at the bottom of the tree, at the part that faces the wall.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. I want to get, uh, I want to get the Franco immaculate reception. That's the. That's a good that. one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um. If you want to celebrate Week 12, Jalen Warren's <laughs> angry runs T-shirt. Although I think the best run of the season so far it was Najee's, where he like oh the you
1: know, one against Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah that was pretty great. Brought the whole great. team with him. Uh, it was also impressive because the Rough did not blow it dead for uh, yeah. stop of uh, forward progress, but. Is he holding a? is he holding the, the, the camera stand? Is that what it's um it's like a little stick they do on that good morning oh. football show. Oh I thought that was like where you put your phone or something. Okay. It's uh, he looks I mean he looks genuinely angry. I mean they gave him yeah. a note yell, but he's living up to it here. We've
2: got the newest Funko in a Steeler outfit. We already this season we had Kenny and TJ. Okay. And now we're adding Jack Lambert. Oh. I've already got mine. It's uh
1: I meant to bring it out. It's in the back. Okay, but you got but they got the numbers right. I mean it's the block numbers, it's not the more yeah. rounded streamlined ones like they have for Kenny and, and he's TJ.
2: Pointing at the uh um, oh,
1: I see. Pointing at the quarterback.
2: That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good.
1: They got it right. I like it. Mm-hmm.
2: And for your the Lego fanatics, this isn't Lego. It's Foco. It's yeah, not exactly
1: Lego. I, I I forget. They might have some kind of different roles or something. I mean, it's it's probably good Lego doesn't have an monopoly on this. This is stuff. like an eighteen hundred piece three D puzzle of Acreshire Stadium. Wow. At it, uh, and it's and there's no way you can get it without it saying Acreshire, huh? You can't get like a Heinzfield one. Or it's <laughs> a
2: throwback. I, I the mean, level.
1: I, I, I mean, I'm just guessing it. But no, but I mean, this how big is this? You think? I mean, I can't really tell um, from the picture. I think it stands twelve inches tall. I think as well. Wow. Um, okay. Like so that's bigger than a lot of that stuff tends to get to that's that's not bad that's not bad well I think uh I don't know did you already do your Christmas shopping I'm, I'm a- trying to wrap it up yeah it's uh it's it's I meant to do uh it earlier and then I didn't I usually get Steelers stuff, so I'm mm-hmm. ex- maybe this is just
2: me putting stuff on my wish list. Although
1: <laughs> I, I already have the Lambert Funko, but I usually get something Steelers. So I um... next year, what we should do is go through the weird Instagram ads you get of things made by shadowy overseas groups trying to <laughs> convince you with things. I got an ad for a uh, Pittsburgh Penguins official Aztec calendar. If I wanted yeah. to order that, and it looked like something you would use to summon a pagan deity.
2: The the Facebook ads are ridiculous. It's mm-hmm.
1: like i am i am a I'm a, uh, I'm a Steelers fan <laughs> and I drive an electric car right. you know there's something that was like uh, that's... in New England yeah. at night before 2 p.m on Christmas like each th- it's like Mad Libs for an ad yes I've seen that my
2: three loves are my cats my Steelers <laughs> and my Ford what? Right. <laughs> all right that's what we've been talking about that is what we've been talking about Next week, a special uh, episode, our Christmas card, our annual Christmas tradition. It's a wonderful Yinzer life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be coming your way next, a week from now. Mm-hmm. Um, Until then, uh, keep the conversation going on social media. <laughs> I'm on TikTok, at Kyle Christ. Greg, what about yourself?
1: Uh, alas, I'm on Instagram, at Greg Banavan, B as in boy, E-N-E, V as in Victor, E-N-T. Uh, just announced this week, um, coming in
2: January, the game show Blank Slates, which you're gonna see uh, the worst game show performance. <laughs> I was the, uh, I was, you know, the celebrity panelist. That's and, well, you should be. And if you want to see the worst uh, celebrity panelist performance on a game
1: show. But G- Kyle left it all on the field. He explained this to me once before and earlier in the season, a uh, taping of our podcast. But Kyle Kyle did what he could, from what I understand. And it may be my love of
2: Pittsburgh that may have cost the guys the money. So <laughs> tease we'll tease that for January when I get an exact date. But look for that blank slate on Game Show Network. All right. Until next week, keep listening to your coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required.
0: Stay in school.